The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. When evening had come, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them just as he was in the boat. And other boats were with him, and a great storm of wind arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care if we perish? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you no faith? And they were filled with awe and said to one another, Who then is this that even wind and sea obey him? The Gospel of the Lord. This is one of my favorite scenes in the Gospel. It was also a scene that was deeply impactful on the spirituality of Saint Therese of Lisieux. Uh, she had this image of her own interior spiritual life where uh, she felt called just to let the Lord sleep. <laughs> so in the midst of the boat, as he slept on the cushion, she said, why don't we just kind of curl up next to him and sleep with the Lord? You know, but there's something very profound to that in terms of her spirituality. It takes a lot to lie down in the midst of a storm, close your eyes, and go to sleep, right? It takes a lot of courage to do that. It's not inactivity. It is this entering into what the Lord himself is doing. And so she has a profound insight in that, and that's kind of worth thinking about and contemplating. But even in terms of the saint that we celebrate today, St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, one of the great kind of influences on my, my own life, especially when I picked up his gospel commentaries, um, I found them uh, just to be so beneficial to the spiritual life. Um, they're not for everyone. Sometimes people could, I've recommended them before, and I've had kickback from them, which is that they might be a little bit dry, uh, but I found them very kind of profound. I like the way he deals with Scripture. He's very patristic, takes in the church fathers, takes in church teaching, uh, looks at all of the aspects of the life of Christ. He divides it in order to understand it. He's called the angelic doctor because he sees things from above with a profound wisdom. You can see that in his work, the Summa Theologica, as he's able to kind of take into one system of thought the church's teaching on almost everything, right? And he's able to bring it together uh, and make it presentable and understandable. At that point, it was for a university-level student. But anyway, the other thing as well was his deep Eucharistic faith. And so that's what I'd like to look at with regards to the gospel today. So it says, when evening had come, so darkness is setting in, right? So already from the beginning of this scene, we have the encroachment of something that appears to be sinister in a certain sense. So evening has come, and Jesus says to his disciples, let us go across to the other side. So this is the Lake of Galilee. The journey from one side to the other is about seven miles. The journey from north to south is about 13 miles. And so to go across to the other side is a long journey to make at night. 
and it is over this sea that was very deep at certain parts. I think at certain parts, it's like up to 160 feet deep at certain parts of it. But then also it's known for these sudden storms that can come onto the sea uh, all of a sudden. And so he tells them, let's go across to the other side. And says, in leaving the crowd, they took him with, him with them just as he was. That's a beautiful little kind of thing right in the middle of that sentence. They took him with them just as he was just as Christ was. And then they take him into the boat and they begin crossing to the other side. And then all of a sudden, the storm begins to rise. And it says, it speaks of the wind, it speaks of the waves, and the waves are now crashing into the boat. And so it is a profound image of difficulties, trials, tribulations, temptations, everything that assails us in this life. And the response of the Lord can cause further discomfort because while they are panicking, he is sleeping. He's asleep on the cushion in the stern. And so also in our own life with regards to difficulties and trials, the Lord can appear to be asleep. What can happen in our difficulties is when we perceive inactivity in God, we can project onto him things that are not there. And that's what they do. Do you not care? To the God who is love, they ask him if he lacks love. Do you not care? And so they have misunderstood his activity, what he is doing. And so one of the commentators has a very beautiful insight. They say that what the Lord is doing here is that in this situation of panic, of despair, of frenzy, he simply brings the divine peace, the divine peace. And while they are trying to call him into the frenzy, he is inviting them into the peace. He's inviting them into the peace that he has in his divinity. A power and peace that surpasses every earthly trial, every earthly difficulty, everything that we could encounter in terms of temptation. The Lord and his peaceful presence is what he offers us. And he invites us not to call him out into the storm, but for us to enter into his peace. He does that for us from the Blessed Sacrament. In our daily life, the wind assails, the waves crash in, and we can come to the Lord and he appears to be sleeping in a certain sense, inactive, not doing anything. But he is simply, if you will, asleep on the cushion here in the stern of the boat that is his church. And he offers to us that same invitation that he offered to his disciples. Enter into the divine peace. Bring all of our trials, difficulties, step out, if you will, of the waves and the wind. Come into his peaceful presence here in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament and enter into the peace of Christ. But they don't leave him sleep as St. Therese would have encouraged. And it says, they wake him up in a frenzy. Teacher, do you not care if we perish? And so what happens is, is that the Lord is purifying them. They wake him up from a sleep of the body, but he is about to wake them up from a sleep of their soul. Their soul is asleep because of lack of faith. And so they wake him up in this panic, do you not care, projecting into him a type of lack of love. And then it says, he awoke. This is really interesting because the word in the Greek for awoke is it says he became like a storm. He becomes like a storm. 
And so he is going to manifest his power to them. And so to this storm that they are afraid of, this bigger storm appears, which is Christ. And it is his power. And he stands up, and he doesn't have to kind of fall into a frenzy over this storm that is approaching him. He simply speaks. And what does he communicate to the storm? He communicates the peace that he was inviting them into. He simply says, peace, be still. And everything ceases. All of a sudden, the peace of Christ is now flowing out of him, even into what he has created. Wind and sea obey him. And they are filled with awe at the one who is present to them. Not only does the wind and sea come to peace, but also their own interior comes to peace. And so the Lord is now communicating his peace to those whom he invited into that peace. And then he rebukes them. Why are you afraid? And by questioning that, he shows that we have control over our fear. Our fear should not govern our reason. Our reason should govern our fear. Have you no faith? Faith should be the principle of action in our life, that we act according to our faith, our belief in Christ and who he is. And that is applied for us here with regards to the Blessed Sacrament. Do we believe he is present? Do we believe that this is the same Christ whom we read about in the Gospels? Do we believe that he is God? Do we believe that he can do all of the things that we've seen him do, not only in the Gospels, but throughout history as it is recorded for us in scriptures? This is the same God who is now present in our midst, and he invites us into that peace. Just to close, that line, they took him just as he was. It reminds me of some of the, some of the last words, if you will, towards the end of the life of St. Thomas Aquinas. He had been writing his kind of section of the Summa with regards to the Blessed Sacrament and with regards to the Eucharist. And because it is such a mystery, because it requires so much delicacy when approaching the mystery of the Eucharist, he asked the Lord if the Lord was pleased. He took it to the Lord in terms of if he is pleased with regards to his writing. And at that one moment, the Lord said to him, you have written well of me in the sacrament of my love. What do you want from me? And his reply was, non nisite domine. Nothing but you alone, Lord. Just you. That's all I want. And so all of his desires were fixed on Christ, but also specifically Christ in the Blessed Sacrament. That was all he wanted, was the Lord. For all the wisdom that had been given him, it was manifest in that in his life, most truly. That he truly acted with wisdom. He wanted nothing else but God. And so also for us in our life, where we have Christ present to us here in the Blessed Sacrament, and he can say to us as well, what else do you want? Hopefully our response is the same as St. Thomas Aquinas, non nisite domine. Amen.